Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes? Make it stop. Make what stop? The cold, Kate. The cold. Betsy. It's it every year in Chicago there need to be fifteen winters. Yeah, but we've only they have had to be consecutive. <laughs> we've only had thirteen. We got two I more to go. I don't want it to be cold anymore. It's May, Kate. It's May. Yeah, and it's still cold. Yeah, and I don't like it. Okay, well, which would you rather have? Like rainy and fifty, or humid and one hundred and five? Humid and one hundred and five, Kate. Why? Really? How is this even a contest? I like humid. And 105. I'm always cold. So this is just perpetuating a a pre-existing cold state. You're just like sweating on everything. You know what I'm not grateful enough for though? And right now, as we record this, in Los Alamos, it is snowing. Oh. So it's not snowing here in Chicago. That's true. So I am grateful for that. It's the little things. It's the little... Don't worry, Betsy. There's another winter coming up soon. And I'm sure there'll be snow. I hear nothing. La, 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 la. Um, speaking of which, who are you? I am Kate, the oh, optimist. Oh, that's a bit of a switch of the old, uh, <laughs> aren't we, aren't, aren't we locked into our roles? Don't we, don't we stay as we are? As... You are Chaos Muppet, so I feel like you need to be the pessimist, and I'm How Order Muppet. How is that where Chaos Muppet is happy, right? I, mean, I don't know. I... A happy chaos. Chaos mean... Chaos can be miserable, I suppose. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I am Kate... And I'm uh, Betsy. Right. Right, right. And this is uh, Fuse 8 and Kate. Yeah. Where we read picture books mm-hmm. and determine their classic status. Or just find weird things in the pictures. <laughs> that works too. You know, I'm not picky. <laughs> you know, last time we recorded, we said that we were you, you had given me a challenge. Uh, that we would do a book that I had not yet uh, read myself. Yeah. And then we can do it together. Yeah. That was a fine idea. I had a great book in mind. Uh-huh. And, and it doesn't exist in America. What? Uh, apparently it's Canadian. And I thought, well, if it's that big in Canada, then surely it's well known here. Mm-hmm. No. No, it's not. Okay. I could not find it at all. So I uh, improvised okay. and came up with a book that has hit its 20-year mark if you count the fact that it was self-published in 1999 originally before being picked up by a major publisher later and you've read this book oh i have well then you didn't do my request at not all. at all not at all not even slightly but i will <laughs> next week next week mm-hmm. finger pro mm. oh wait when you promise are you supposed to cross your fingers or not uh, cross uh, your fingers? not not i'm cross- crossing both fingers and i shouldn't be seeing that either. on both hands yeah in front of my it face should be behind your back if you want to be a little more subtle but... i'm not actually subtle at all nope i'm probably not going to do it but i will Come tell on. you look i won't i can't promise to try but i can promise <laughs> to try to try that's all I could ask Excellent. for. Excellent. All right. Well, then let me pull out this week's book. Boom. Keep the cat. I love my white shoes. By uh, James Dean. Sort of. <laughs> I thought he was dead. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And then story by Eric Litwin. Yeah, we're going to talk a whole about who the creator of this one is. Uh, have you ever heard of Pete? I 
have seen the cover. Well, oh. no. I No, I take that back. I don't remember the white shoes. I remember the title and a white or a yellow book, and, but that's... I, I have no idea what it's about, other than I'm assuming a cat. There is a cat involved. Is his name Pete? Oh, you're good. Have you read this before? <laughs> yeah. And the shoes actually are only for this book. Um, though there, I guess there was one other shoe-related book, but... Mostly Ooh. this one related. And there's a free song? There is a free song. You may have to listen to that as well. Uh, uh, I'm Pete the Cat and I wear white shoes. I'm Pete the Cat. Does it go like that? So I'm going to give you the book <laughs> and you are going to take the book uh-huh. and you are not... No, go. You need, you need to go now. While Kate does her read, I had a little bit of trouble finding too much in the background of this book. Uh, But then I stumbled on this interview that Eric Litwin did with the blog Line Up the Books, where he actually talks quite a bit about why this book was made, why some of the other Pete the Cat books he's made were made at all. He says, quote, I wanted to create books that use simple metaphors, simple conflict resolution to promote a positive attitude. And I think that's because staying positive is something we work at. It's like being in good physical shape. I think it's the same thing with attitude. Without good ideas and exercise, and I consider the contemplation of positive ideas to be the exercise, you can't stay positive. So that's what I was thinking about. And I love the old fables and Aesop's tales and Zen Buddhist stories, but I wanted a modern metaphor. You have a pair of shoes and you step in something. You have buttons and they pop off and roll away. I generally don't try to approach these things in a way that is too rosy. I mean, in Pete the Cat, I love my white shoes, sure. His shoes are white again at the end, but now they're wet, right? And in Groovy Buttons, he never gets those buttons back. Neat. We are back. Yep. You are here. Yes. You read a book that is quite short compared to last week's. Yes, thank you. Yeah, because last week we did uh, Who Needs Donuts? Oh my gosh. Which is maybe the most... I mean, the text wasn't long, but it took me a, like a good 45 minutes yeah. to get through all the different stinking things on those pages. I should say, uh, we've gotten more compliments for doing that book than any other book in a long time. Oh. Just person after person saying, my favorite book when I was a kid, my favorite book now, my favorite book, my favorite so book, that's a pretty popular book. cult so classic, though. It is a very, it is a far more popular cult classic than The Lonely Doll. Go figure! Hmm. Can't imagine why. Well, this one doesn't have as much going on in the background. In the art, not as... It's kind of... This is kind of the exact opposite of the art. Because the art that we had for Who Needs Jonas was all pen. Just pen on white paper. And this this, is all paint. Well, some of this is pretty sketchy. Okay, yeah, the shoe is a little sketchy. But it's mostly paint, bold colors, you know, thick, thick uh, paint. There's another word for paint. (laughs) I'm sure. How many times are you going to say paint? Uh, hues. (laughs) Anyway. hues. So the book's about this black cat. Oh, is he black or is he blue? Oh, I thought he was black. See, here's the thing. While I was looking up facts about Pete the Cat for today's recording, I just put in Pete the Cat, and the first thing comes up is, Pete the Cat, is he blue or black? Like, apparently that's what people... I think he's dark, dark blue, but it's hard to tell in this lighting. He is blue, but... I mean, I assume it's supposed to emulate a black cat. I suppose so, so but I just see him as a very navy I mean, yeah, cat. he's definitely a blue 
shade. Okay. All right, you got some. You got a blue sheen. Yeah, going but, on. Yeah. But if we want to be realistic, there's no blue cat, so I'm gonna call him a black cat. I'm sure if you drop a cat, a thing, in a you know, can of blue paint, you could have a blue cat. <laughs> I used to have a black cat. His name was Batman. No, there are there Russian blues. I know they are gray. Oh, they're gray. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> so this cat is obsessed with his sneakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gotta admit, when you get like a fresh pair of Converse. They are legit. Yeah. I love them. So I he get, appears to I have get, sort of a converse without the star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, he doesn't pretty... want to get sued. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to get sued. Yeah. So he sings about how much he loves his shoes. And then mm. my question for you is, how do you sing this song? Right, because right. on the page it just goes, I love my white shoes, I love my white shoes, I love my white shoes. And then there's two little notes on the bottom to and indicate goes, one would sing that. Burp, yes. burp, burp, burp. Okay, so this is how I would do it. Now, I did not hear the official how you sing it YouTube song or anything, which you can easily go online and find in some way. But this is how I would sing it with the kids. And uh, let me say, no kid ever corrected me on this. Like there wasn't a kid in the audience who was like, Madam, I believe that the tune is a bit wrong. That's not how you sing it. Because a kid will will say straight up like, you're singing it wrong. This is how I sing it. I love my white shoes. I love my white shoes. I love my white shoes. And then you go right into the, Oh no! Like that's how you would read it. Interesting. And it's a, it's not dissimilar from the official way, but it's not the same. Okay. Yeah. Well. Story time hints. The, the I think the author has some issues with the color wheel <laughs> because <laughs> the author or the artist. Uh, the author and the illustrator because right. the cat somehow managed to come upon. A mountain of strawberries. Yeah. Like you do. Like on a hot summer day. And Nothing like a climb... hot pile of strawberries on a hot day. And climb to the very top of this pile of strawberries. Which would be super easy to do. And since then... they're so strong. I was going to say I... squishy. Yeah, oh, they're super squishy. <laughs> so the, the page says, what color did it turn his shoes? And I'm like, oh, pink. White pink. plus red equals pink. Oh, I see what you're saying. But they say red. Red. No, no, no. Yeah. No, white. White, white plus, plus red. You know, that would have pink. been a, that's kind of a missed opportunity. He could have been wearing They pink could have shoes. taught the colors mixing, which is a yeah. popular topic they could have in taught picture books. Secondary colors because they obviously yeah. should have because let me get to the next color momentarily. Ah. Right. Ah. So I I never considered that before, but you're right. Lost opportunity. And then he's on top of this car with mm. the license plate Mr. Eric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um that's a bit much. Yeah, though to be fair, Mr. Eric did not paint that. That was by previously mentioned James Dean. Right. Well, right. I don't think Mr. Dean should have done that because it just mm-hmm. looks tacky. It is tacky, yes. However, I love that there's a little ukulele in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. calling it a ukulele, not a guitar. Okay, he had an electric guitar he earlier. Did. He did. So I think it's fair to say that could be a uke. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts singing... Would you like to? I love my red shoes. Pink Betsy. I love my amended to pink shoes. There you go. All right. It's it's a little wordy, but we'll get there. Okay. So then he climbs on top of a mountain again. Mountain. Of blueberries. Mm -hmm. Much easier to climb on top of than strawberries. Eh? What? What? Eh? Okay. So when you get pink Mm. and you mix it with blue. Oh, man. What do you get? I see what you're going through with this. You get purple. You do get purple. Or like a muddy violet. You're completely correct. But they're like, no, you get blue. Blue. No. No, you don't. (sighs) 
issues, Betsy. I had issues. Man, what a lost opportunity. And then he somehow loses two of the shoes and just has two out of the four. Because <laughs> he's on his rare feet. Yeah, that's a good he's question. On, he's on his Suddenly, feet. Suddenly, his paws are acting like hands. Right. And he only has two shoes. So does he know how to put on and take off shoes? Does he have like six fingers? Is he one of those cats that like has six... like a six-toed, yeah. like we used to have yeah. growing up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Meanwhile, throughout this entire book, mm. he's met this yellow bird. The scraggly little bird. That has become, in my opinion, a hitchhiker. <laughs> well, maybe it's one of those birds that just, like, gets a ride on a bigger beast in order to that's eat exactly, the bugs. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Only a house cat's not very useful for that purpose, because the house cat's going to eat you. And then really. he steps through, so the cat now steps through some mud. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree what color... Mud. Shoes will turn. Well, if you mix any other color with brown, it's going to be it's brown. It's going to be brown. Yes. Yeah. So that much you and will. And somehow concede. he got his shoes back on. So yeah. now we are at the four shoe cat again. May I point out that the the white rubber of the shoes remains pristine. Well, if it's if it's rubber, then like the mud could have. True. It, it was very liquidy. Maybe it just did slime right. off. You know. All right. All right. <laughs> that's a. That's a verb. Slime off is a it's thing. Slimed off. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then he's singing. He loves his uh, brown, brown shoes. He's back again to two shoes. Again. He is back to two shoes took at off, this point. He took off two of them. Well, he has to hold his coffee cup somehow. Right. And or then, cocoa. And then he puts the shoes back on. Mm-hmm. So that he can. All four. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that he can wash. It's a very complicated process. Shoes. Here's the thing, though. When you wash white shoes, they don't go back to white. They go back to like a weird tan gray. Yeah, they they're just less brown, thing. I believe. I yeah. mean, they would still it's be like brown. A tan. Yeah, like a tan. Yeah, like a like a gray. So I don't know what kind of magic shoes he has that all of a sudden turn back to white. To be fair, he is a cat who is capable of playing a banjo. So. Oh my gosh, this cat has so, so he many may skills. be mas- He may be banjo, of, yeah. ukulele, mm-hmm. electric guitar. Mm-hmm. But what is with this bird that keeps on following him? I don't understand. Oh, right, so I don't that... know the purpose of the bird. I cannot help you with the purpose of the bird. The bird literally has no point. So now the cat's got these wet shoes that yep. he's singing about. Right. Uh, and then the bird is now on top of the cat. Correct. And is officially a hitchhiker. But yep. this is the first time you've shown me a book where the moral of the story is literally in the story. It says, <laughs> the moral of Pete's story. Yeah. No, no, no. I like it better when I come up. No, no. No, no. You can't do that. No, I am. Pete the Cat, so, we have to actually say, the moral of the story is... No matter what you step in, keep walking along and singing your song because it's all good, because is what the good. book says. Because it's all good, yes. The actual moral of the story <laughs> is, watch where you step. Yeah, actually, that is also true. Yeah. Well, but there are no repercussions except for the fact that his shoes are wet. Wow. Which I don't like walking in wet shoes, so I do feel that that is a bit of a, but a my, useful But lesson. my tattoo is, mm-hmm. uh, if I had to get one, it's yep. the same in the very beginning and the very end. It's, it's Pete at the very bottom because mm-hmm. he looks kind of like a kitten. He does. Well, and you say that, and yes, they have made... Pete the Kitten books as Aww. well. They couldn't resist, man, because... Yeah, because those eyes. Yeah, those eyes. And the fact that Pete became this huge sensation after this book came out. I mean, 
You don't know, man. You don't know, like, the peep frenzy that America has gone through. I'd like to point out a mistake, though, that the oh, illustrator yes. made. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he did not do any sort of research on cats. <laughs> and what makes you say that? Because cat whiskers, the length of a cat's whiskers are as wide as its body. Really? Yeah. So if ever you notice a fat cat... They have very long whiskers because they have to be able to, that the whiskers are how they feel their way through and they have to be able to What if they, but what if said cat was uh, sitting on its hindquarters with a coffee in its hand? Well, here it looks like the whiskers are too wide for his body. That's true. I wouldn't, I mean, the perspective in this book is, I'll just say, not always perhaps the most accurate in that the bird seems to change size. Well, the bird is like drawn by a kid. Yeah, the bird is like dropping by a kid. Yeah. yeah, but and it seems seems to change size depending on the but here's situation. Because the cat on top of the car, like, yeah, the whiskers it is a skinny little cat too... with the gigantic whiskers. Yeah. yeah, this is an interesting objection that Random. I have again never run into that one before. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm full of surprises. That's, that's a new one. It's like <laughs> cat whiskers are to you as improperly held knitting needles in picture books are to me. Exactly. All right, good. As long as we have like a sort of a ground floor here. <laughs> So, it won many things over the years, uh, this book. It was, uh, it was a New York Times bestseller for 108 weeks. Why? That's just, it, it, um, well, why? Is it a good question? Partly because... That's over two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? Consistently, it was on the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And the reason, I think, partly is that Eric Litwin, who it says story by performs this with his guitar and he was just continually moving going from bookstore to bookstore to bookstore to bookstore to bookstore, to bookstore making the masses fall in love with it that he does the man does a good story time apparently and as a result he i feel like he was like single-handedly uh responsible for its oh what was that 108 weeks on that thing wow yeah it's also been translated into so many languages. I could read them all, but time is short, and I'm not going to. But so many languages, my friend. So many languages. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We're not entirely certain who owns Pete at this point. Um, here's So here's how it came to exist in the first place. The artist, James Dean. Right. Just imagine James Dean, which is just more fun than actually imagining the guy what he actually looks like. Okay, so imagine James Dean... With his, like, red leather jacket, you uh-huh. know. You're tearing me apart. Yeah. That guy. Um, imagine him. So he created an adult book called The Misadventures of Pete the Cat, A History of His Artwork in 2006. He had been, I believe, painting Pete in paintings and putting him in coffee shops and things like that. So Pete was sort of like a local, like, you go into a coffee shop, like, hey, is that crazy-looking blue cat again? I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, then he somehow... Pairs up with Eric Litwin, who is this, you know, kid songwriter, you know, plays guitar, does story times, does all that stuff. And together, they create Pete the Cat, I Love My White Shoes. Um, This was self-published to begin with, and then Eric was going around selling it like mad, and then it caught on like wildfire. They continued to write Pete the Cat books. Uh, I believe they've continued to do about three more. Um, And then at some point, a schism occurred. And Eric Litwin, out of the picture. Hmm. No more will you see his name on the Pete the Cat books. Instead, you will see James Dean and his wife, Kimberly. What does Kimberly contribute? We're not sure. (laughs) But, but 
by gum, she's sometimes there and sometimes not. We, okay. we don't really know why. Um, according to their website, they both left corporate jobs in the late 90s, where James was an electrical engineer, and she worked in the press office of the governor of Georgia. So, that's fun. And so they, they say that Pete the Cat has brought magic into their lives. He's also brought a lot of money, because mm -hmm. he is a super, super popular, popular kitty cat. Um, at the very least, don't feel too bad for Mr. Eric Litwin, who did Pete the Cat and I Love My White Shoes, Pete the Cat and his four groovy buttons, Pete the Cat Rocking and My School Shoes, and Pete the Cat Saves Christmas. Um, because he has been making other picture books since then, and they've been doing just fine. Just fine. So he's fine. It's all fine. You're fine. I'm fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's all good, as the end of the book says, Betsy. It, exactly. Well, exactly, because this good. guy's got, like, a sort of a zen attitude, so yeah. we can't get all like, I own Pete! So you will not find anything online that says that anything happened between the two of them, except that if you go on, like, the Wikipedia page, it says... The collaboration between Dean and Litwin was severed in 2011. <laughs> severed. <laughs> severed. I just imagine, like, this guillotine just being like, now. That's all that's happened. <laughs> you saw for yourself when we went to the website, there's a ton of videos there. Yeah. There's a Pete the Cat app. Uh, at first, there, to my knowledge, there was no Pete the Cat television show. Oh, wait. Yes, there is. Uh, and it features... Many famous voices. Uh, the dad of Pete is voiced by Elvis Costello. Oh. So there's that. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> when they did Pete the Cat, A Very Groovy Christmas, uh, it guest starred Dave Matthews and Jason Mraz. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense. Absolute sense. 100% <laughs> sense there. Yeah. Second season is currently in production. Marvelous. So... Is it a classic or not? Right. Reading's time. So, here's the thing. Yeah. It's very sketchy. <laughs> well, literally sketchy. Right. Yeah, like it looks like a sketch that someone yeah. just was like, here's a bucket of paint! Yeah, yeah. I don't really do sketchy. Yeah, no, so you're, not a, you're not a sketch fan. I, they should have taught secondary colors. I agree. They, I that was a miss, That was a missed it opportunity. It is a missed opportunity. Could've this could have been Color Kittens Part 2. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Um, love the Converse, love black cats. Sure. Um, love that the message is just to chill. It's all good. Yeah. You know? just... It's a good message. Yeah, I everyone live needs by that to message. remember that, you know? You also just gotta, you know, learn how to play guitar. And yeah, man. Pick up hitchhikers. Sure. And... Wait, what? <laughs> hitchhikers. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, just pick some up. Pete, come and back to us. And then just step on anything that gets in your way. Okay. I mean, this is that like... does seem to be it's the like... message there, yes. Yeah. Step on anything that gets in your way. Yeah. Just like, there's an impediment in your way, walk on it. Yeah, just step just over step it, step on it. It's step all good. Step through it. Step into it. It's yeah. all good. It's all good, baby. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it a classic, though. Yeah. What'd you rate that thing? Like a 4.5. Yeah, you're higher than me. I'm a 3. Hmm. Because, look, is it fun in story times? Sure. Lots of books are fun in story times. I, I actually have a little bit of a problem with the song. Um... I, I did my version. It's the same sentence three times. Well, there's that. So there's no there's no bridge. There's no chorus. No. It's just I love my insert color, color of shoes and shoes. Yeah. Except in the last case where it's wet and shoes. Right. Um. But honestly, this may be the first time that you have pointed out something in a book that has really swayed me. And the fact that 
It is set up where... It's the hitchhikers, isn't it? No, not the hitchhikers. Should... Back up, back up, back up, back up. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. No, it's the colors. Yeah. Because he does step into... there. That's... He could have stepped into the blue, in the strawberries, and it could have said, and the white and the red Red became pink, pink, and then the pink with the blue, the blue became purple. purple. I mean, that is such a logical way of doing the book, and and then and then you could step in literally anything else, and it turns brown, and then they become wet. I mean, it doesn't change much, but it makes it that much better. And now it's just not there. And so I'm yeah. sorry, I'm James sorry. Dean and Eric Litwin. Did I ruin this book for you? No, not at all. Oh, okay. it, it was it was it was middling. Ah. And now, oh, the middle it's like a flan in a cupboard. It just sort of collapsed. It's like when you take a when you take a pie out too early and the little middle just go goes right there. Yeah. That's what this that's what this book is to me. A pie taken out too early. Yeah. I mean it's not bad, but it's not great it's perfectly fine yeah. it is a good it's a it shouldn't have been on that bus 108 years, weeks but probably not no probably really shouldn't have but you know there is no wait are we gonna get world. a lot of hate mail for calling this a not classic we'll find out all right all right so if you have any complaints fuse at gmail.com exactly yes. in the meantime not a classic not a classic <laughs> good because we were doing too many classics way way too many way too many yeah yeah and I do like his groovy style. Don't get me wrong. I like his look. I like his, like, half-closed eyelids. I love that he's a magician. Uh, a magician. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a different kind of Pete the Cat book. I don't know what you were reading out there. Musician. Oh, yes. That's... I like it. He's a musician, too. Yeah. yeah. In spite of the fact that he doesn't have digits. Well, he's got six of them, apparently. Articulated. Well, that's right. He's a six-toed cat. Shoes. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the theory that he's six-toed, by the way. That's marvelous. Letters time. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, first of all, we had two people talking about Mike Mulligan, because we just can't get enough of Mike Mulligan. Oh, we man. can talk about him all day long. Can we not? <laughs> Come on, this is good. This is about the muff. Uh, yes. Okay, so Misty wrote in. She says, my fan theory for the woman with the muff is that she is hiding a small animal in there, like a kitten, or a hedgehog, or a pet rat. Have you ever owned or lived with a hedgehog, Betsy? I have neither. I have. Really? They are very smelly. Really? Yes. That surprises me. I would not have thought they'd be smelly. Yeah. They're all prickles. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, the, uh, uh, I won't. Okay, let's not go into it. But uh, you wouldn't want to keep one in a muff, is what you're saying. Like no, you would have like hedgehog smelling hands. Because it would hurt. Like why would you keep something? It's a poor. That's uh, a poor Maybe hedgehog a, containment. I would system. say put an armadillo in there. Oh, okay. That's so and nice. that way, should someone attack you, now you, you got can a just shell. pull out a. I was gonna say you got like a shell that you, you can do. Like, and now I feel more <laughs> badly for the armadillo. <laughs> All right. Well, Jennifer wrote as well. Peter's going to be bad at us. And uh, she had a thing about what a selectman was. Uh, no yes. one really helped us define this. We looked up a definition, but she said, a selectman is someone who helps govern a town. It must be a New England thing. A city has a mayor. A town is run by the board of selectmen. Although recently many towns have been changing to a select board to be more inclusive in title, even though there have been women serving as select men, quote-unquote, for years. There are usually five to seven people, depending on the size of the town, voted to serve for a term, and they make the governmental decisions for the town. I would have loved to have heard you mention the lovely book that came out in 1970 in homage to Mike Mulligan, Mike's House, by Julia Sauer. Uh, And then she includes a link. Uh, I, I was completely unaware of this book. Uh, but yes, apparently this is a book where a boy loves Mike Mulligan so much that he refers to the library as Mike's house. Hmm. And when he gets lost, the police are confused and he tries to find, because he's trying to find Mike's house. 
and uh, I, I've never heard of that book. So uh, Maybe we should do that book, because you've never heard of it. Maybe, but is it a classic? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find, I'll find a book we have. I've never read. Mm-hmm. I'll find one. Dan B. wrote in. This is going to uh, Perez and E. and Martina. He said, Senior Frog is wearing a string tie. So that's another vote in there. But here's something. Remember that it said Puerto Rico? Yeah. Like P-O-R-T-O. Yeah. Well, he's, he kind of came up. He said, the standard U.S. spelling for the island was Puerto Rico until Congress changed it in 1932. I'm guessing Belpre, or more likely her publishers, used the spelling that would have been familiar to most Anglophone Americans. And then they gave a, a he says, some of the history is laid out in this article. I will put the link to the article in the uh, subject no notes idea. as well. But no, I had never heard that before. So it hmm. had been changed just prior to the publication of the book, but since they figured white Americans are super dumb and they're not going to be able to figure out what Puerto Rico is with a P-U and an yeah. E, we're just going to do the thing that they know and we'll do Puerto Rico. Which interesting. Is very interesting. History. History. Learning. Love it. Oh, and then uh, this one is for uh, Who Needs Donuts. Um, I had linked to a guy named Jesse Thorne uh, from Maximum Fun who had uh, interviewed uh, Mark Allen. I, I believe I've been calling him uh, Stamati. I think he said Stamati or something like uh. that. I, apparently I'd been saying it wrong. Apologies, Mark. Uh, and she said, well, he had been talking about Who Needs Donuts, but there was something that he said at the beginning. And Emily wrote and said, I adore Jesse Thorne and was surprised to hear something so ignorant come out of his mouth. Outside of William Steig and Maurice Sendak, picture book pickings get real thin if you're looking for something more toothsome? What the what? I see that episode of The Outshot came out in 2017. I hope he was blasted and then enlightened by librarians, teachers, book lovers across the country for that terrible intro. Anyway, my mother got me a copy of Who Needs Donuts several years ago because she loves it. I appreciate its quirkiness and really do wish I could say the same, but for some reason it just creeps me out too much. <laughs> to which I responded, how could it possibly creep you out? What's creepy about a grown man taking a young boy to an abandoned warehouse where he claims it's full of donuts and then it's like pitch black and his teeth are glowing? What's creepy about that? Yeah. Nothing. Grown-up things we like. Do you want to go first or you want me to? I will go first because mine is tiny and strange and, uh... Okay. Do we have a term for these little tiny short shows that exist only on Instagram? You had talked about the tiny chef before. That's basically a show, in a way. Like, the like the little animated sequences are like little tiny shows uh-huh. and, and things like that. And I, I only mention this because through Tiny Chef, I discovered another little tiny show... And it's called The Land of Bogs. And uh, The Land of Bogs, I can't quite explain it, except that Tiny Chef uh, cameoed on them. And they're just the weirdest, most amusing little videos. It's like a cartoon. So It's a cartoon, yeah. Tiny Chef is stop animation. This is cartoon. This is pure cartoon, animated in some way. There, None of them are longer, I'd swear. And it's than... about two blobs? Yeah, there's a variety of blobs. Um, they're all, you know, got different names. Uh, Bogo and Bo, I believe, are the two best friends. Um, they're all voiced by women, insofar as I can tell. Though occasionally there's a man's voice, but it's very rare. And it's... I, I have a hard time describing them. They are short... They're exceedingly funny and very strange. So if you're looking for something short, exceedingly funny, and very strange, 
two thumbs way, way up on that one. Uh, I enjoy this tiny little show, if that is even what we are calling them these days. Okay. Yeah. Mine is a performer by the name of Lizzo. Have you heard of her? No. She is nothing short of amazing. She's from Detroit, but moved to Minneapolis. She was first known for her rapping, and then she, as of, I'd say, in the past couple years, became more popular because of her singing, and she's very good at playing the flute. She is a plus-size black woman. Um, whenever she performs, all of her backup dancers are plus-size. She's a strong voice for body positivity. Um, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place has this campaign called I Weigh, where it's all about, you know, I'm not the weight on a scale. I weigh, I, you know, I'm a, an advocate. I'm a survivor. I'm a blah, blah, blah. And she interviewed Lizzo and... It's a very good interview. I recommend it. But Lizzo just recently performed at Coachella. Her sound went out and she just kept going. She's very funny. Um, she, she performed at the GLAAD Awards. So if you want to see a, a fabulous performer, singer, dancer, flutist, twerker, perform, because that's her thing, is that she can twerk and play the flute. She can twerk and play the flute? Yeah. That is worth seeing. All right. She's amazing. And she has a song out right now called Juice that is very popular. Um, I think that's why her name is a little familiar to me. It ain't my fault if you're back here thinking Lewis gotta blame it on the juice. Yes, yes, I have heard that song. Yes, and I liked it. And it was peppy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. And she's crazy good on the flute. So anyway, go check her out. She is a voice for good for multiple reasons. Reasons, and uh, and she's a good Midwest girl too. Aww, so. that's a great recommendation. Yeah, well done. You won recommendations this week. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> the score is now. I don't know. Do I get pink shoes now? Uh, no. You get red shoes because that's what Pete wears. But, but I want purple. Sorry. Pink and purple? Not even available. Can I interest you in some wet shoes? Okay. How about some mud brown ones? Ooh, aren't they ten? Um. Yes. Do they smell? They probably do. They probably do, right? Look, oh, yeah. I think it's very. I, I didn't. I wanted to make this a clean show, but <laughs> let's face it. What's the likelihood that was mud? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was on a farm. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. On that incredibly classy note, <laughs> I am Ben Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our best boy is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.